This is the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarula. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Calarulo. The Philadelphia Eagles 2023 offseason continues, and it continues with a lot of change. And I got to be honest with you, I am very, very concerned that this team is not going to be able to maintain that culture and that mojo that they had last year that really led them all the way to Super Bowl 57. We know about the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator changes. Shane Steichen left to go to Indianapolis. Jonathan Gannon leaves to go to Arizona. But there's been a lot of change since then as well. Gannon took linebacker coach Nick Rollis with him, who from all accounts was a stud coach, a really up-and-comer. He becomes the defensive coordinator there in Arizona. But the guy that I thought was going to be named the next defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Denard Wilson, is also gone now. There's been some conflicting reports. Some are saying that it was a mutual parting of ways. Marcus Hayes from the Inquirer says it was anything but that he was fired by Nick Sirianni. I just don't know what this does to this team and especially this defense. We know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a free agent. Marcus Epps is a free agent. James Bradbury is a free agent. So 75% of your starting secondary are free agents with the exception of Darius Slay. And Darius Slay goes to Twitter and he says he really hopes Denard Wilson gets his chance as the coordinator for the Eagles. This was before they hired Sean Desai. And Chauncey Gardner-Johnson backs him up, says, I hope he does too. So he clearly is a player coach. He's clearly a favorite in that room. He was the secondary coach. He was the passing game coordinator for that defense. But the Eagles decide to go in a different route. And I'm a little bit surprised by it. They go and they hire Sean Desai from outside the organization. Sean was a assistant in Seattle. Before that, he was with Chicago for a really long time. Does have some Philly roots, coached at Temple. But again, very similar to Jonathan Gannon, that same Vic Fangio school of defense where you kind of don't give up the big play, you don't blitz a lot, and that's what we can expect in Philadelphia. I mean, Nick Sirianni has gone on record. He has said that's the style of defense he likes. And outside of the Super Bowl, love or hate the Jonathan Gannon defense last year, they had a lot of success. They had 70 sacks in the regular season. They had the most sacks since the 1984 Chicago Bears, so they did have a lot of success. Now, it was frustrating to sit there and watch that defense get picked apart by Patrick Mahomes and in the season before get picked apart by every top quarterback they've ever faced. Well, we can maybe expect more of the same with Sean Desai, but we can go on and on in debating defensive schemes and defensive styles. What I'm concerned about is, does this hire affect the culture? Does it affect that locker room? And now there's reports that the Eagles are considering bringing in Matt Patricia as a defensive assistant to coach linebackers. I will lose my mind. I'm already concerned about the culture and you want to bring in a guy who there are stories about from our own captain Darius Slay as being anything but a player coach by having zero ability to relate to players or connect with players. And it just shocks me because Nick Sirianni talks constantly about culture and connecting and connecting more than just football. And he goes out of his way to connect with every single player. So I'd be shocked if they brought in a guy like Matt Patricia, especially with all of the change that they now are going through. Gannon's gone. Rollis is gone. Denard Wilson is gone. 
So I can't imagine you bring in a guy like Matt Patricia, but I'm hoping that these reports are just that. They're just reports, and it doesn't happen. But can this team, who had such a great culture for the past two years and really rode it to the Super Bowl, can they overcome this? Well, how do you overcome this, this type of change to your coaching staff? Well, you look to your veterans, and that's the problem. The Eagles may be losing some of their key veterans. Let's just look at their top three, the guys who have been with this team the longest. Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham. All three of them could potentially not be here next year. We all know Jason Kelsey is mulling whether or not he should retire. He did it last year as well. Now, I am praying, and Kelsey, I doubt you're listening, but if you are, please come back. I mean, we need him not only on our offensive line with Isaac Sayamala becoming a free agent at guard, We need him for that locker room, and we need him for this culture. But when you flip over to that defensive side of the ball, Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, these guys, it's hard to imagine the Eagles without both of them on that team and in that locker room. And there is a strong possibility that both of them may not be here next year. Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, there's both rumors that the Cleveland Browns are interested in them. Jim Schwartz is there. So, you know, what do they do? Now, I, I think Brandon Graham has said that he wants to play another two years. I would think that the Eagles and Brandon Graham, I mean, he's not even an every down player anymore on defense. I would think that they'd be able to work something out, maybe some sort of team friendly deal with a lot of incentives and Graham comes back. But Fletcher Cox, it depends on what he's looking for. I mean, if you remember last season, The Eagles cut him. He was a free agent for a few hours, and then they brought him back on a one-year deal worth $14 million. With the salary cap going up, I mean, let's just look at the franchise tag numbers. If you look at a franchise tag for a defensive tackle this year, it's $18.9 million. So if they're going to bring Fletcher Cox back, I don't know if $14 million is going to get it done, but I also don't know if you should pay him a lot more than that. You have Jordan Davis and Milton Williams waiting in the wings. Two young guys that shown that they can play and hopefully they can make that leap next year to become pro bowlers, maybe all pro players. And I don't think I'm exaggerating saying that there's a chance Jordan Davis could become an all pro defensive tackle. And the guy has the ability. He's got the size. He's got the speed and the strength. It's just putting all that together. But do you spend the money on a Fletcher Cox? Now, one of the things they, if they can't bring back Kelsey and they can't bring back Graham, You almost have to bring back Cox. I just cannot imagine them going into this season with all of the change that they've had to not have those leaders in that locker room. Now, there's a huge X factor here that we haven't mentioned, and that's Jalen Hurts. I mean, really, although these guys are the veterans in that room, Jalen Hurts is the leader. This is a guy that other players want to follow, that have followed. And if there's anybody that can pick up the slack that's left by losing three key veterans like that in that locker room and from a leadership standpoint, I think it's Jalen Hurts. But I just get concerned with this much change. I mean, you already have the Super Bowl hangover, and now you're going to go through all this change. I mean, I guess we could look at it as a positive too, maybe. You know, maybe, maybe you wouldn't have as much of a Super Bowl hangover because it's all new coaches and it's fresh. You know, you could look at it from that perspective as well. But I really think, too, in looking back at Sirianni's decisions here on this coaching staff, one of the other decisions that shocked me was that they did not make a change 
at special teams coach with Michael Clay. Now, Michael Clay is a guy that people were on him all season long because those special teams units did not perform well this season. Their, their punting was very below average. Their kickoff returns were below average. They're, you know, in that Super Bowl, I don't even want to talk about it. We all know what happened in that Super Bowl. But they not only do they bring Michael Clay back, they give him an extension and a raise. And I really think that if the Eagles did not lose Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis, that there was a chance that we would not have seen Michael Clay this season. But I think Nick Sirianni, being as big on culture as he is, probably didn't want to make that much change to the coaching staff. To have three coordinators all leave in an offseason would probably just be too, too hard to overcome. Now, the one positive here is, although the defense is going through a lot of change, the offense, although we lose Shane Steichen, should be relatively similar. You have the same coaching staff. All they did was they promoted Brian Johnson, who was the quarterback's coach, who has a lot of experience with Jalen Hurts, actually played high school football for his father. And, you know, Brian Johnson is a guy who he's played the position. He played at Utah for many years. He's coached in college. He's called plays in college. And I think that's a very important thing to note here because for the Eagles, Nick Sirianni does not call plays. Shane Steichen was the play caller. So whoever's coming in as this offensive coordinator is going to call plays, and that's going to be Brian Johnson's job now. So we know he has experience calling plays. He did it at Florida. He also coached at Mississippi State. So this is a guy who's been around for a long time, never called plays in the NFL. In fact, the only team he's ever worked for in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm hopeful with his experience and his relationship with Jalen Hurts that they're going to be able to not miss a beat. And there's just so much skill on that offensive side of the ball with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. We'll see what happens at running back. You know, we talk about change. Well, there could be a lot of changes in that backfield. Miles Sanders is a free agent. Boston Scott is a free agent. From what I think is going to happen, I think this is going to be Kenny Gainwell's backfield. I think you'll see the Eagles have Kenny Gaywell get a majority of the of the reps there. He showed in the playoffs that he has the ability. He had great playoffs. But I don't think they go out and sign any big names. There were some reports earlier today that Derrick Henry is on the trading block in Tennessee. The Eagles are one of the teams rumored. I don't think that makes a lot of sense. I did a video on this on our social media channels today. If you look at Derrick Henry... And I like to compare him to Ezekiel Elliott as far as the amount of carries they have. And you can start to see the decline. Ezekiel Elliott is actually two years younger, well, about a year and a half younger than Derrick Henry. But both of them have 1,900 carries in their career. And if you saw what happened to Ezekiel Elliott this past season, he dropped to under four yards per carry average. He was actually in the threes. Derrick Henry last year, was still averaging 4.4 yards a carry, but that was a big drop from his best year. At one point, this is just mind-boggling, but at one point he was averaging 5.4 yards a carry. He's on his way down. And I think as you start to see him get older, he's 29, you know, does he take another step backwards? And, and what do you have to give up to get a guy like that? He's on the final year of his deal. 
it would carry right now, if they don't renegotiate the deal, it would carry a $16 million cap hit. I just can't imagine the Eagles would let a guy like Miles Sanders go and then have to give up draft capital to bring in someone like Derrick Henry and pay him that much money. So I don't see that happening. I think what you'll see the Eagles do is run with Kenny Gainwell. You have Trey Sermon, who they kept around all year. They picked him up off the 49ers practice squad, I believe, in the offseason. They kept him on their active roster all year, although he never played. So they, they must be high on him. You have Gainwell. You have Trey Sermon. And I wouldn't be surprised if they used a draft pick on a young guy. I don't think they're going to use a first-round pick. I know a lot of guys are hopeful. Hey, I hope they draft this guy or that guy in the first round. I can't imagine them doing that either. I think you'll see them use a late-round pick on a running back and then maybe pick up a veteran who's a free agent who gets cut, which happens every single season. And you can get by with the talent that this team has and with that offensive line, you could put pretty much anybody back there. I don't want to take away from what our running backs did this year, but you put people back there, they're going to make plays. So I'd be shocked if they went out and made a trade for a guy like a like a Derrick Henry. But outside of running back, if you flip over to the other side, you know, today was the day. I'm the, I'm filming this on Tuesday, March 7th, and today was the deadline for franchise tags if the Eagles were going to use a franchise tag. I've been saying for the past couple of weeks that I did not think the Eagles would use their franchise tag. They haven't used their franchise tag since 2012 with Deshaun Jackson, and they were able to enter into a deal before the tag even became effective back then. They don't like using the tag. Howie is a magician when it comes to the salary cap, and when you use the tag, you really can't do anything. It's a one-year contract for that amount. So there were some candidates that people on the radio were saying, oh, maybe they'll use the tag on this person or that person. Never thought it was going to happen. But the big ones were Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Javon Hargrave, and James Bradbury. So all three of those guys, it comes and goes without them using the franchise tag. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy they didn't. The one-year tag for Gardner-Johnson this year would have been $14.4 million for the safety position. For Javon Hargrave at D tackle, it would have been eighteen point nine million, and for James Bradbury a corner, it would have been eighteen point one million. Not that the annual numbers are that crazy, but it just prevents you from being able to get creative with how you structure those deals. So I'd be shocked if they used it and they didn't. So they did not use the franchise tag again. So we're now going on eleven years since the Eagles have used the tag. So a lot of other teams used the tag though. The Giants used the tag on Saquon Barkley. The Dallas Cowboys used the tag on Tony Pollard. So we will see what happens. And then the big one, the Baltimore Ravens used the tag on Lamar Jackson. So we'll see what happens there. They did not use the exclusive tag. So other teams now have the ability to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. Some interesting things down there in Baltimore. If you like following the business of the NFL, what I do, I do enjoy that a lot. This is interesting. This is really, really interesting. And Jalen Hurts, still waiting for him to get his new contract. But some other chips have fallen. You know he's sitting back waiting for some of these guys, these other quarterbacks, to get their deals. And some of them came in. Geno Smith gets three years, $75 million. Derek Carr, four years, $150 million for the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints. Not a bad place for him to go there. I mean, that NFC South is wide open. Brady's gone. There's really no other stud quarterbacks in that, in that division. So he's got a chance to really make some noise there in New Orleans. And then breaking news right before I came on to record this, Daniel Jones enters into a four-year, $160 million deal 
with the Giants. So that's an average of forty million a year. You know, so I, I'm on record a couple weeks ago saying I think Jalen Hurts is getting fifty million dollars a year, and I stand by it in light of the way these these other these other uh, contracts are coming in. And it also looks like the Giants are going to stay in mediocrity for a lot, lot longer. I mean, as an Eagles fan. Maybe I'll come back to to eat these words. I'm hoping not, but I, I love that they re-signed Daniel Jones. I love that they're going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley because I think that they will just be will be good. They'll be decent, but they're not going to be great, and they're never going to be better than the Jalen Hurts led Eagles. It's just not going to happen. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. So as long as we can put talent around Jalen Hurts, I think we're going to perform a lot better than the New York Giants, especially when they're paying Daniel Jones forty million dollars a year. So. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. But guys, as always, if you like the podcast, please like, subscribe, review us, but check us out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We're posting daily content there. We're posting videos, keeping you guys up to date. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, feel free, hit us up on one of those social media channels. Shoot me an email, bill at legalhandstotheface.com. We are only days away from free agency, and then it's the draft, and then camp will be uh, be here before we know it. I know I can't wait, and if you guys are still listening to this podcast, I know you can't wait either. Talk to you guys soon.